Anybody who don't have their lesson? Everybody. <laughs> Man. Put it into Sunday school. Sounds like kids And taking whoa, there we are. Taking heed according to the word of God. And Jesus says we're cleansed by the word of God. This is the temple. Paul says, Know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Christ dwells in us. And so we have to learn how to behave in this temple, in this house. Amen. I want to walk in it in a perfect way. I want to be complete in Christ. I want to live right. I want to do right. I want to operate right because I never know when Jesus is coming. So when he shows up, knock at the door, I want to be ready for him. Amen. And so that's why we have to learn to have good behavior. And the fruit of the Spirit, one of the things that came with the fruit of the Spirit is this fruit of temperance, which gives us self-control. Amen. And we must all exercise self-control in this temple and in this life. So tonight... Amen. We're going to start with 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 4. This will be your ninth memory verse you should have memorized uh, for the year. Amen. So you guys should be doing pretty good now. You should have nine memory verses already memorized for the year. As you know, that's one of our goals is to memorize all the 12 verses. Amen. <laughs> so I'm sure everybody's got them memorized, right? So if I would go back to that, you'd be ready to quote them and stuff, right? Paul writing to Timothy, his protege here, he says, I exalt therefore that first of all supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life. And all godliness, and honesty. Well, this is good. And what? Acceptable. And acceptable in the sight of Pastor Parker. And who? And that too? Is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Now notice what he is saying here. Amen. I will therefore, amen, exalt, therefore, amen, that first of all, that first of all, one of the most important things that a Christian soldier can learn to do is pray. The disciples of Jesus asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Amen. As John taught his disciples. Teach us to pray. Probably they had been struck with the excellent and the fervor of Christ's prayer. And so therefore, 
they knew that John had taught his disciples and they was recollecting the connection with prayer in action. And so therefore, they requested that Jesus would teach them to pray as well. Amen. You know, we have got to get to the point that we realize that prayer is essential. Jesus says in Luke 18, 1, he said, I would that men would pray and not faint. In other words, if you pray, you won't give up. You won't quit. Amen. Your relationship with God builds the more you communicate with God. The more you go to God, amen, you see the difference that it begins to make in your life. Amen. You have to make sure that you understand the value and the importance of prayer here. Amen. One of the first things when a person backslides and stops serving God, they do, is quit praying. That's always the first thing that goes, is they quit praying. They narrow it down to maybe a few seconds and gone. And pretty soon, that relationship is broken. But the more you communicate, the more you talk to God, the stronger your relationship is going to be. You will get to know the voice. You will get to know his, when he speaks to you. Amen. And this is what God desires of us, is to be able to hear his voice. Amen. Well, you know, when you read Isaiah 6, Isaiah said, In the year the king Uzziah died, he says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and, you know, his train filled the temple. And he goes on, and then after he says, after he was cleansed, what did he say? I heard the Lord. I heard the voice of the Lord and says, Who shall I send? And, who shall go for us? Now it says, Hear my Lord, send me. Amen. After he was touched and cleansed from the altar, he can now hear the voice of God. This is what we must get into the mindset. This is why holiness is so key and central to you as a child of God, because you're separating yourself, you're setting yourself apart to where you can be used of God. You want to be able to hear his voice clearly when he speaks. When God says, Who's going to go? You want to say, here, my Lord, send me. I'll go. Amen. I want to be ready here. Amen. The Bible is filled with examples of men and women in prayer. This is why the Old Testament is so key and essential. As you go back and you read, you see they was constantly in prayer. Paul says in Romans 15, 4, that the things which was written for was written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scripture might have hope. So when we go back to the Old Testament and we begin to observe what transpired, we know that Hannah wanted a son and we know that she was constantly in prayer before the Lord. We see that the prophets were in prayer. We see that Moses was in prayer. David seemed to live in prayer. You know, it was constantly. And these things are written for you and I so that we will see what God did through their prayer to enhance and encourage us 
to pray and to seek God. Seek ye the Lord, Isaiah said, while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Amen. We got to get into that mindset. We know that Solomon's prayer at eight years old when he became the king of Israel. Solomon, you know, didn't ask for, for knowledge. He didn't ask for, I mean, he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for the heads of his enemies. He prayed for wisdom. You know, he says, God, I don't know how to go out, and I don't know how to come in. You know, so, and God says, because you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for your enemies' heads and all these things, but you asked for wisdom, how to lead, I'm going to not only give you the wisdom, I'm going to give you the riches and everything else to go with it. So one of the things we understand when we get wisdom, we can understand how to manage everything else that comes along with life. Amen. So we've got to realize those things are written for for our learning. The Old Testament is important when it comes down to prayer. Amen. We see kings going to pray. You know, we see kings summon the prophets to intercede, amen, to God on, on behalf of the nation. And this is basically what Paul is trying to get you and I to see through his instructions to Timothy. He says, I exalt therefore... That first of all, prayer, you know, intercession, I mean supplications, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, so that we might live a quiet and peaceful life with all honesty, I mean godliness and honesty. Is your life turned upside down? Is there's is a lot of chaos? You know, do you not have peace in your life? Then how is your prayer life? If, if you're going through a whole lot of mess, how's your prayer life? Isaiah says in 26.3, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Because why? You trust in him. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. Philippians 4, 4, Paul says, Rejoice evermore. Let your moderation be known to all men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Say, we've we got to realize the value of praying here. Amen. So too many Christians are trying to build their lives on New Testament instead of going back to the Old Testament and see how they build their lives and let it flow into the New Testament. Amen. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. We got to know the doctrine, Jesus says, and as a result of that, prayer is part of that doctrine we've got to learn. Teach us how to pray. We need to pray. Amen. It's key and essential for every life that we learn how to pray. Amen. So if your life is in turmoil, you need to check your prayer life. Paul says to the church at Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. He says, prove your own self. 
Know you not how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be a reprobate. But I trust you know you're not a reprobate. See, God did not bring you out to leave you. You are key and important to him. So you need to examine yourself. If your life is in a turmoil, what's going on? Pray. Seek God. Cast your cares upon him. Oh, he cared for you. Amen. So we got to get into this thing here. Amen. So Paul tells us now, amen, if you're having a hard time getting along with people, you may want to check your prayer life. Amen. You may want to check your prayer life if you're having a hard time getting along with people. Look at Proverbs chapter number 16, verse 7. Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's way, please, Brother Richard, amen, when a man's way pleases Lord, he may even his enemies to be at peace with him. Notice. See, all those people on your job you think hate you, amen, they may, but I guarantee you, they have not the knowledge of Christ. But if your ways please the Lord, He will make even your enemies to be at peace with you. Think about that. Amen. Amen. See, you've got to get this thing. Amen. <laughs> Check that prayer life. You know, do you put them on the altar? Keep them on the altar. If your enemy hates you, Put them on the altar. You know, I, I think I told you the story. When I first got to Okinawa, there was another retired sergeant major. You know, he was a special forces guy, and he hated my guts because he could not believe that a sergeant major could be a Christian. And he did not want to have anything to do with me. You know, he went out of his way. You know, I, I think he might have been out to try to get me. You know, but one day, I had Bible study every Thursday at lunchtime in the base chapel annex. So this Thursday, I go over to have my Bible study, and they're having a class in the annex. So I said, well, I'll just go to the chapel. So I walk in the chapel, and as I walk in the chapel, I see this guy. He almost head looked kind of like yours, Brother Denny. He was sitting right here by where Brother Wayne is. So I walk in, and I come in, and I see him over there. I says, Hey, Mr. Wood, you come to Bible study today? And he said, you having Bible study in here? I said, yes, sir. Would love to have you stay here with us today. You know, then the other couple of folks came in for the Bible study and stuff. And so we went on about the Bible study and stuff. And so after the end of Bible study, that hour, I went up and I started talking to him. I said, you know what, Mr. Wood? I said, I'd love to give you a Bible study. You'll come give me a Bible study? Yes, sir. Sure would. One-on-one. Love it. Well, I said, where do you live? Tell me. I said, I'll come to your house. You'll come to my house? Yes, sir. I'll be more than honored to come to your house and give you a Bible study. And he gave me his address. I drove out to his house, gave him a Bible study, and wouldn't you know, his house is right 
behind our church. <laughs> Just that close. His house is right there. We can open the window to the back of the church, and there's his house set right there. Amen. So we gave him a Bible study. Amen. About baptism, filling of the Holy Ghost, everything. That Sunday, we took him to the East China Sea. We baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That man became my prayer partner. Amen. Because every Saturday, Friday night and Saturday morning, we had prayer shifts. And ours, Sister Parker's and mine, was from 4 to 5 in the morning. And Brother Woody had built him a ladder. <laughs> so he didn't have to walk all around the block. He could just come right up the back of his house into the church yard and stuff. And he would come and he would pray with us and stuff. I mean, we built a solid, solid prayer life. Amen. God wants people saved. Those people that you feel might hate you, you keep them on the altar. Because, I mean, I just kept putting him on the altar. I just kept praying, God save him. God, you brought me to this island. You know I would have rather been in Germany for, you know, serving you over there. But you brought me to the island of Okinawa. So I need you to save everybody on this island that I come in contact with. That's what we got to do. And this is what Paul is saying. He's God wants all men to be saved, kings and all that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceful life with all godliness and honesty. Amen. So this is well-pleasing. It is good and acceptable, he said, in the sight of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See? This is what God wants. He wants everyone saved. Amen. So we've got to get into His perfect will. Amen. What is good and accept the perfect will of God? Is that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at 2 Peter 3, 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. Peter says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, so when people turn around, what are they doing? They're turning to the truth. That's all repentance is. Is you see, you're going the wrong way. You see, you're on the air, so when you repent, you're coming back to truth. Amen. Coming back to that heart of worship where it's all about Him. Amen. So we turn around and we come to truth. See, because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning, and the Word was made and dwelt amongst us. We beheld His glory. Full of grace and truth, right? Full of grace and truth. Amen. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. So when men repent and turn around, who are they coming to? Pastor Parker? No. They're coming to Christ, the truth. So this is why we have to pray. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's keep their names before the Lord. Amen. Matthew 26. 41. 
Matthew 26, 41. But we, we keep their name before the Lord and we keep praying unless God tells us, okay, that's enough. Right? They ain't listening, so let them go, right? Ain't that what he told Samuel about Saul? <laughs> you read 16, 1. If you read 1 Samuel 16, 1, God tells Samuel, he says, I right, don't pray for him no more. I done rejected him. <laughs> See, say amen. So, okay, here we go. Watch and go to sleep. Amen. Watch and pray that you what? And are not in the temptation. The spirit is willing, but indeed the flesh is weak. So watch and pray. If you look at our world today, you don't need blinders on. <laughs> okay? You need to pray. Watch and pray. God is giving you all kinds of opportunities to pray. When you see the young man or the young girl walking down the street that looks like they're drunk or don't know where they're going or whatever, it's an opportunity to pray. You know, if you get a, somebody come to you and ask you, says, you know, my husband ain't, ain't living right or we are in turmoil or whatever all the time, it's an opportunity to pray. Amen. If, if you look at our world situation, the floods that are going on, God has given us every opportunity to pray. And so Jesus is saying, amen, if my people which are called by my name would humble and pray and seek my face and turn from their way, wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins and heal the land. We've got an opportunity to pray as children of God. Amen. We should constantly be bombarding heaven, asking God, amen, to, to change this situation of our land, to root out wickedness, to root out evil, to root out the unclean spirits, to, to our schools. We've got children. We've got grandchildren, you know, this in our school system. We should know their teachers' names. That's one thing me and my wife does for our grandkids, amen, ever since they've been going to school from kindergarten to whatever. The first thing we tell their parents is we want to know what school they're going to and who they're teachers are and everything else so that we can pray for them pray for those teachers that those teachers would be godly teachers that they would god will protect their minds and they protect the children amen that's in those classes and protect them at the schools and everything else when they're on the bus you know every day we bombard heaven with for them, amen. And the same way in this city, I, you know, we pray for every school and every school administrator and every teacher and every kid that's walking to and from school around here or, or whatever. The mayor of this city, Mayor Cabot, amen. Every time I see him, you know, and I shake his hand, I say, I want you to know I'm praying for you, sir, amen. And the same thing with the police force. And I go down to the police station and talk to Captain Anderson. I'm telling, I'm praying for you, brother, amen. Amen. Let, let them know, the firemen, whoever, you know, we have got to call and be praying for these people. Amen. This is what God wants. He wants people to be saved. Amen. And so as a Christian soldier for Christ, we've got to pray. God wants everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. If we don't get this nation back the truth, amen. You know, there's no telling what's going to happen. Amen. So we've got to pray. Amen. We've got to keep. A, so God says, watch and pray. 
Amen. This nation, we need to get back to some basics, man. We, you know, homes, uh, deliverance, things, uh, you know, homes need fathers. And, you know, pray Malachi 4, you know, that fathers would be turned to children and children to fathers here. We've got to get this thing right here. We've got to get it right back on track the way God ordained it from the beginning. Amen. The thief comes not but for the steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they may have life. And that more abundantly. So you and I, as his children and as his soldiers, we've got to pray. Amen. Every opportunity you you hear something evil, you pray against it. Amen. You pray for the people. You pray for your family. You pray for your loved ones. Amen. It's a duty that we have. Amen. Luke 6, 28. Amen. Jesus says that we should pray for those which spitefully use you. Amen. Luke six twenty eight. Jesus says, Bless them that curse you. My goodness. <laughs> Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. Now you understand why the apostles turned to him when he says they says, Lord, if my enemy, you know, my brother offend me and comes to me and asks for forgiving seven times no, Jesus said, No, seven times seventy. You know what they said, right? Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> you, know, you know, because that's what you need. You look at this. He says, you bless them that curse you. And you pray for them that despite use you. You definitely need some faith here. <laughs> you know, here. You know, somebody's cursing me out, you know, and you want me to. Bless them. <laughs> you know, somebody's misusing me, and you want me to pray for them? Man, aren't you glad the Scriptures let you know His ways is not our ways, and His thoughts is not our thoughts? <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's obvious, Sister Sue said. It's, it's not an easy thing here, but His ways are not our ways. He knows what is best. Amen. Because he's not willing that any man should perish. Because, you know what? If you latch out at him in like kind, you're going to lose your witness. <laughs> so, so that's why God, he wants them saved. You're already saved. <laughs> See? So he don't want you to lose your salvation. So he says, when they do this, do you bless them? You know, you pray for them. Amen. That's all you got to do is just pray for them. And you never know. You know, they may come back the next day, kind of like I said with Mr. Wood, you know. And, I, you know, I could stand here and tell you all day how much fun he, we, we had after he got saved. You know, and things that we did together and had fun together, man. Could do no wrong in this guy's eyes after that, man. It's just, just awesome. Just awesome, the relationship that was built through that. Amen. So pray for them. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Amen. Think about Paul. Now, we know Jesus after they had, you know, despitefully used him and abused him and everything and beat him and scourged him. And on the cross, what did he do? He prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Think about Stephen. When you read Acts chapter 7, you know, they stoned Stephen. You know, who was standing at his feet? Paul. The Apostle Paul, 
was behind Stephen's murder. You know, huh? Well, he was Saul of Tarsus, you know. But you, you think about that. He was there. And Stephen prayed the same prayer. God laid not this sin to their charge. You know, and as a result, the ninth chapter, Paul is on his way to Damascus. And a light shines around him and takes him off of his horse. He says, Saul, Saul, I persecutest thou me. It's hard to kick against the pricks. He said, who art thou, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Think about that. And now he goes from Saul of Tarsus to the Apostle Paul and write the majority of the books in the New Testament. Paul is a praying man. He's constantly, he's praying in jail. Where, you know, when every hour when it's time to go pray, he's constantly, when you read Paul's letters, he's constantly admonishing about prayer. Right. See, because he realized that it's through prayer that men are saved. Amen. And this is what we've got to do. We've, we've got to watch and pray. <laughs> we've got to keep people on the altar, amen, with our loving kindness and tender mercies. We keep bombarding heaven, amen. Even Paul, amen, as I said, amen, his, his life was changed. In Revelation 2, 8 through 10, the Lord says, amen. Uh, I'll let her get it up for you. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna write, These things said the first and the last, which the dead is alive. I know thy works and tribulations and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blaspheme of them to say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulations ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give you crown of life we got to be faithful we got to be faithful in our prayer we got to be committed to this thing amen even though people persecute you even though you're going through things in your life don't let your location and your situation affect your consecration to god notice don't let your location and your situation affect your consecration to god Notice what he says. And I will give you a crown of life. Amen. In, in the third chapter, Jesus get over there. He says, see that no man steal your crown. Amen. You've got to hang on. You've got to keep praying. You've got to keep doing what you know to do is right. No matter your situation, no matter your circumstance. Amen. He, he gives strength to you as you worship him. Amen. Praise God. We know that all sins are forgiven other than what? Sins of blasphemy, don't we? See? That's the only unpardonable sin is the sin of blasphemy. Every other sin, you can be forgiven. You know, the devil will tell you you can't, but you can. See? If God wasn't going to forgive you, he wouldn't have said pray for him. <laughs> if he didn't want you saved, he wouldn't have said, you know, turn around. <laughs> you know, you can be forgiven. Look at the scriptures. Uh, the only one that's not forgiven the sin of blaspheme is the is the unpardonable sin. But all the other sins you can be forgiven of. Amen. I, that's why I'm like Paul. You know, 
I think, you know, look at Paul's life. Paul tells you, he says, I was a murderer. I was an injurer. I was all these things, you know, that would have caused them to be put to death. But he says, but God put me in the ministry. <laughs> you don't think there's some forgiveness? Amen. See, this is why you can't get too far from God. You know, blasphemy is the only unpardonable sin. Everything else, you can turn around and come back to God. See, that's why he never runs out of grace. That's why he never runs out of mercy. If he was not going to be parting your sin, he wouldn't have parted David. He wouldn't have parted Moses. He wouldn't have parted... Look at all the guys he chose to show you and I the things that are written for is written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the Scripture, can find hope. If I didn't think God was going to forgive me, I might as well stay out there in the world. But when I heard the truth of the gospel, as Paul said, all that foolishness I did, B.C., it was because of ignorance. You know, I just didn't know the truth of the matter. But once I come into the knowledge of the truth, now I have to move to perfection. I can't keep going doing wrong, 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 wrong. See? Yes, God will forgive me, but pretty soon, you know, I don't keep doing wrong, so he keeps forgiving me. You know, he wants me to mature and to grow. You know, this is what God desires in us. So, if he's forgiving you, come on home. Get it right. Live right. Do right. Amen. Don't keep having to be corrected, man. I tell you, I didn't, it didn't take too many times my dad to spank me for doing wrong. You know, I don't need God to spank me. I don't need him to correct me. You know, I just be obedient to obey is better than sacrifices and to hearken than the fat of ram. See, the enemy will always keep trying to tell you, oh, you can't be forgiven. But hey, let me tell you something. If you haven't blasphemed God, you're good to go. Come on home. Be like the prodigal son. Get up and go home. Come on back to the house. Let him put that robe of righteousness back on you. Let him put the shoes of gospel back on your feet so you get out there and preach the gospel. Amen. Let him put a ring on your finger of ownership back into the kingdom and graft you back in. That's why the scriptures are so precious, brothers and sisters. That's why it's so great. You know, when I pray, when I go to God and says, God, forgive me, I'm sorry, he forgives. Amen. This is what God is all about. Amen. Notice what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Amen. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. See, we pray because we want to know more about God. Therefore, the gifts and grace of others should lead us to the desire the same. We should desire spiritual gifts. Fall up the charity and desire spiritual gifts here. You know, you want to be used for God now. Do you pray for God to use you in the gifts? You know, you know, so the grace of God, the, the gifts of God. 
We need to grow, as Peter says in 2 Peter 3. He says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, this is what prayer does. It helps us to grow in the things of God. We get to listen to his voice. We get a better understanding of his word. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, Paul says, I would not have you to be what? Smart? Ignorant. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Right? You know, concerning spiritual gifts. See, you should pray and seek God for spiritual gifts. You know, He gives to one the word of what? Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. With all that getting, get an understanding. So you get a word of wisdom, you get a word of knowledge. Okay? So you should be praying for God to give you wisdom. Amen. So, a word of wisdom. Pray for wisdom. God, I need to be able to deal with the situations around me today. God, I'm going to work this morning. I don't know what I'm going to face, but I need wisdom so that if I find myself in a situation, I know how to respond, I know how to act, I know what to do. Yes, sir. Let me get my Bible. Ecclesiastics 1, verse 10. And much wisdom is much worldly wisdom. Yeah, worldly wisdom. You know, if you keep bombarding yourself with worldly wisdom, you know, it's going to be a lot of grief. Amen. <laughs> we want spiritual wisdom. <laughs> Amen. Huh? Right. Yeah, that whole book of Ecclesiastics is, is Solomon realized, you know, the world, man, is just so much craziness going to. Amen. But back to where we were here. Amen. All right, so so we we got we want we want spiritual gifts, brethren. Amen. We want to have the wisdom of God. We want to have the ways to deal with based on truth. The answer correctly here. Amen. Is what we need. Amen. And the grace. Notice what James says in James four six. James four six. James says, but he gives more grace. Amen. He gives more grace. For God resisted the proud, but he gave what? Grace to the humble. What is grace? Huh? What is grace? God's unmerited favor, right? We say we're, grace is basically uh, getting something you don't deserve, right? See? And is God's undivine merited favor also operating in your life. See? So if he gives more grace, then you want to be able to, to give more grace. See? You hear people say all the time, a lot of times, man, where's your grace? 
You know, have a little grace. You know, these are things we should be seeking after. If God forgive us, I think the scripture says you ought to forgive one another. See? And Jesus tells the parable about the man who the man forgave all the debt. And then the guy went out and would not forgive the other guy. And when the owner heard about it, what he did, he reversed the, the situation. Think about how much God has forgiven us. You know, we have to learn. We want His grace so that we can give grace. Amen. And He give grace to the humble. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Humble yourself. Peter says, humble yourself in the sight of God and He will exalt you in due times. Learn humility. Amen. Learn to be humble. And let God's grace grow in you. This is what Peter is saying. When you look at Second Peter 3.18, he says, but grow in power, right? No. Grow in grace. Second, can you get Second Peter 3.18 for me, please? Notice, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and amen forever. So we want to grow in this grace thing. Get more. If you don't have it, if you don't want to forgive people, get grace. you got to have it. By grace are you. It's not a works. It's a what? It's a gift of God. See? So you need more grace, <laughs> especially the way the world is going and you live here to Jesus come back. You need some grace. So you need to pray for God to give you grace, teach you humility, stay humble. Amen. And let grace grow. Amen. Because people need to know. Remember, he's not willing that any should perish, but it all should come to repentance. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, talks about the gifts of healings. See? The gifts of healings. You know, do you pray for God to give you the gifts of healings? Physical healings? Spiritual healings? Spiritual and mental healings? Think about it. You know what? I might can't heal you physically. But if you're struggling spiritually... You know, I make him come along beside you and help you understand this that will build your faith, you know, and cause you to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. A lot of people carry infirmities all their lives, and they're not healed physically, but their minds have stayed on God, you know. Like the testimony Sister Parker told us last Wednesday night about the man over there, you know, in, in, in Sheborgan Falls, he was spiritually minded. You know, I'm going to see Jesus. You know, yeah, don't pray for me to be healed. I'm, I'm going to see Jesus. <laughs> now I won't stay here any longer. I'm going to see Jesus. 
That's, that's the man his spiritual mind, his mentally mind is, stayed, is made up. Uh, no, you know, we're going to have <laughs> some firmities in this body. You know, Paul sought the Lord in 2 Corinthians 12, right? He says, I sought the Lord to take this thorn out of my flesh. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. See? So we need to pray for these gifts that God will use you in these last days. Amen. To encourage somebody in the Lord, you know, praying for somebody and then encourage somebody can pull them out of that darkness to his marvelous light. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. You want to be able to help lead them away from that darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. So pray for grace. Pray for the gifts to be in operation in your life. Prophecy. Discernment. Anybody got this need? Think you might need a little discernment these days? Amen. You need spiritual discernment. Amen. I know as a pastor, I have to <laughs> have it, you know. So pray for me. If, if, if you don't want it, you pray to God, give it to me. How's that? Because <laughs> you know? I definitely want to have discernment. And you need discernment in these last days, especially when men want to be women and women want to be men. You know, you need some discernment here. <laughs> okay, praise God. Number two. That the true method of prayer can be learned only by our being properly taught. Indeed, we cannot pray acceptably at all unless we follow the methods found in the Word of God how to pray. And we've looked at Matthew 6 already. Amen. In Second Timothy here. And John, because without me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Amen. So as the disciple says, Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. And so Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, you know, the model prayer. Amen. We start out. Now, there's many things out there you can use. You've seen the prayer wheel. You know, you start with praise. You go into reading. You go into singing and all that stuff. All the way back around the praise. You know, you've seen the hand prayer, you know, ones that loves you close to you that love your family here you know then these here are the people that point you in the right way this is leadership this is weak people and then this is you you've seen that right you know how you pray that hand prayer there's just so many ways amen a model prayer but nothing starts out like exalting the lord our god amen once you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Amen. We, we got to get along. In Matthew 6, amen, in Matthew 6, 5, Jesus says, enter your what? When you pray, he says, don't, he says come on into your secret closet, right? Go, go into your secret closet. You know, and your father who is praying in secret shall reward you openly. Do you have a secret closet? You know, you should have a place where you can get along with just you and God and just pour your heart out. Things that's bugging you, things that you just don't understand, you know, to just be open. You know, it has been said when this, was, this, this, this passage was written that all the Jewish houses was flat on top and that people could walk on top of them, you know, 
and those was kind of like, and they had like little little chambers on top of them that you could actually go into it and be alone and pray. And so they were saying that this is kind of like what Jesus was saying when he said, and when you go into your secret closet and shut the door and pray to your father, which seeth in secret, and he shall reward you openly. See, but you, but you got to get into that secret secret closet amen and get along with jesus just you and him to where you are with him and you're talking to him and you're pouring out your heart to him you know he wants people saved you know wherever you find you know get along with god sometimes go down to riverside park or whatever you know someplace you can just be you and god quiet hour, early morning, nautical hour, where you can just talk to God, just like I'm talking to you now. Just just share your heart. You know, He knows all things. And see what happens. You know, see what a difference it will make. Amen. It was secret closet prayer times. Amen. And being along with Him. Amen. Praise God. This is part of our duty. And so this month, this is what we're going to be talking about. It's a little bit after 8. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk more about this. Amen. Because when you look at this, this prayer here, you know, Jesus talks about going in your secret closet. Actually, he's, he's coming out of Isaiah. Because if you look at Isaiah 26, verse 20, you know, and we'll get to this next week. But for your homework, you can look at Isaiah 26, 20, and you'll see that he's talking about the same thing of coming into this secret place with Christ. Amen. And so, you know, it's, it's what we want to do is enter into those, that secret chamber and be alone with Christ. Amen. And pray. So let me encourage you. Amen. Pray because God is not willing for anybody to perish, but all of us come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. That's why we pray a half an hour before every service. Let me encourage you to be here for prayer time. Amen. To lay the groundwork. We do prayer walks. We'll talk more about that in this lesson as as we go on. Amen. And your prayer life, your home, your job, all these things. Amen. So keep your ears to your phone. If it's raining, like I said, Friday, I'll contact you and let you know. As my wife says it's supposed to. So we'll just pray and see what God does. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. It's good to have everybody here. Amen. You look around, you see somebody that is here Sunday, was not here today. Keep them in prayer. Amen. God will continue. You have, should have a list of people at the church and stuff. So let's keep one another elevated. Amen.